months. Chapter 13 Van Hoff moved around the chamber, slow and deliberate. She heard him, but her head was turned away, and she didn't want to move, not even to turn her head. It was over, for now it was over, and she was alive. Her eyes were lined up with the cart. It was speckled with red. The silver knives were dulled with crumbles of drying blood. Her shoulder was red, too, here and there, in streaks and drops. She matched the doppelganger, who stood behind the cart, its baleful eyes locked on the creature. You didn't scream, Van Hoff burbled. A tendril touched her chin and forced her head to turn. Burning pain radiated down from her chest. It's better when you scream. She stared dully at the jaundiced eyes. Fever-cold shivers ran up and down her skin, and she couldn't get enough air to speak, even if she had the strength. Made of sterner stuff, eh? But the alchemy will work, either way. You're strong, healthy, and well-fed. Better than the others. Porne, scortum, doxy, slattern, whore, paltry creatures. It moved on. Its touch left a thick smear of black shit, pasty and thick like mold, if mold crawled. Poor material. Should I be scuttling around like a thief in the night? It's ever the way. Those who would unlock the universe are painted villain by small minds. He was complaining about his victims, as though he weren't a monster. Oh God, she hurt. She was really fucked up. He closed the wall, hiding the hearts away. Maybe it was better that she couldn't move. She couldn't look down, then. She'd looked. She'd seen, as she'd twisted against the restraints. His corrupted hands lay her open. Without the doppelganger to compel her to stay silent, she would have screamed. It was still there, clogging the back of her throat. Sometimes she'd passed out, and that had been a mercy. But Van Hoff would always wake her again. But she'd seen, and the memory hung at the front of her mind, red and raw, her nerves screaming for her, crawling with the black shit while Van Hoff worked. It was all closed up now. Blood had slid down the needle and thread as he'd stitched, glowing in the firelight, red, ruby-strung. Very close, very close now, yes. One more might do, after you. One more. Two. Three to be safe. The formulas are almost right. Almost perfect. I will be as I was. Above her, the shape of a heart had begun to form. It was unfinished, veined with blood. Her blood. It hung from the droplet like fruit on a vine, twitching with the room's pulse. Her heart pounded, and the light strobed in time with it. Yes, he said, noticing her attention. A tendril stretched out, encircling the heart without touching it. It's part of you, he said reverently. Soon it will nourish this body. I will live as I once did, abroad in the world once more. How much it has changed, how much I have to learn. Ewan had wanted to free himself from his banishment, too. Both of them, prisoners, who felt their punishment was unjust, 
that they didn't need to answer to anyone for what they did. Ewan hadn't hurt her like this. The gunshot was like thunder in the small room. Marianne's ears rang. Van Hoff spat like an angry cat, all of his stuff sucking back into himself like a protective cloak. A chunk of concrete rattled to the ground. Nico was leaning against the doorframe, looking stunned. At the room, or Van Hoff, at standing up, or shooting a gun, or all of it. She clutched Marianne's gun in both hands. Van Hoff screamed like shrieking metal. Nika flinched and raised the gun again, closing both eyes. The muzzle barked out a bullet. A chunk of rotting flesh splattered over the wall behind Van Hoff. The incoherent form swirled, lunging at Nika, then back toward its missing parts. Again! The pain was worth it. Nika pulled the trigger, face twisting into furious sobbing. The bullet winged Van Hoff and he fell back, rolling over his splattered flesh parts, then lunging. Marianne thought it was going for Nika, and Nika thought so too. She covered her head with her arms. Instead, he raced past her, spraying Nika and the wall with black shit. Nika coughed. Maybe she couldn't see it, but it had an effect anyway. Marianne? You okay? She wiped at her face with the back of her hand and limped across the floor, dragging Marianne's bag with her. We gotta go. There wasn't much air. Her voice was pathetic. No surprise Nika didn't answer, but she was staring at Marianne with an expression of horror. Nika, we gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. Can you walk? She unbuckled the restraints. Marianne made to get up and made a sound that wasn't like her at all. No. The table. Nika shouldered the bag. She was in pain, too. She had a sheet wrapped around her, but there was fresh blood on it. Sorry. Nika shook her head, moving around the table to click off the wheel locks. I was here, too. Not as bad. She paused, gathering her strength. Bad enough. For a minute, Marianne was terrified. Terrified that the wheels wouldn't turn. It hadn't even twitched before, had it? She was afraid that the room and the heart would be the last things she saw. Nika went to the foot of the table and gave a push. It jolted a groan out of her, then it started to move. Nika winced and apologized herself. Gotta go. The wheels thumped over the grooves in the floor. She closed her eyes against the pain and that. That felt too good to be able to close her eyes, just for a minute, while the heat of the fires warred with the clammy cold spread over her skin. The dark was a limbo like driving in a car at night with the radio on. Stay awake. I think you have to stay awake. It's shock or something. She made a sound of affirmation. The orange dark flattened to mat. Cool air, underground air, brushed over her. Musty, too cold and not cold enough. It felt delicious just the same, because it wasn't that fucking room. Underground, back where she started. Elevator? I don't know, Nika replied. I didn't have time to search the room. Something happened to one of the straps on my wrist. There was an unspoken question in her voice. The wheels rattled over concrete. If there was no elevator. We'll figure it out, she said, ignoring the question. It wasn't important at the moment, even if she had the energy. Nika slowed and maneuvered the table around a corner. What the fuck? 
She tilted her head up, squinting into the beam of a flashlight. The table drifted to a stop, bumping gently into the wall. Nika stepped past her, holding Marianne's gun in a fair imitation of a cop on a TV show. The corridor lit up. Between the second and third bullet, Tommy cried out. Nika continued forward, the muzzle gradually tilting down toward the floor until the magazine emptied. Stinking blue smoke curled up. Nika looked down at Tommy's corpse, outlined in the beam of his fallen flashlight. Then she spat on it. She came back, shoving the gun back into Marianne's bag. Her jaw was set, and her eyes were hard. Gotta go, Nika said. She wheeled past the body. Marianne was too disoriented to know where they were going, but they eventually came out in the big room, with its dim lights up by the ceiling. She searched the shadows for the shifting black shape. I should have grabbed his flashlight, Nika said, looking into the dim corners. In my bag. Nika rustled through and pulled it out. The beam was good and strong, piercing the dark all the way to the wall on one end of the room, at least. They both saw the door. Go check it, Marianne said. Nika took a quick look at her face and nodded. She listened to the padding of her footsteps. She didn't feel great. Shock, she thought. Nika said it was shock. She didn't want to move anymore, definitely, for sure. She heard rattling and an angry bang. It's locked. I think it just goes deeper into the building, but there might be another exit. Nika returned, shining the light at Marianne's face. I can try and find some water. Her voice trailed off. Marianne needed more than water. Check the other end of the room. Nika nodded and patted off. Marianne watched the light flash dimly off of chains, following the circle up to lines of grimy windows set into aluminum, the tracks curling back beneath the ceiling. Loading bay? A big door. Big enough for the table. If it was a basement, that had to mean a ramp, too. She watched Nika figuring out the locks and the pulley. I want to go home. Marianne? She jerked back. Nika was suddenly right there. Did it open? She coughed. Nika used a corner of her sheet to dab at Marianne's face. No, there are padlocks on it. There's a staircase with a door at the top. I think I saw an exit sign. Okay, I'll wait here. Nika flashed a weak smile. The spot of light bobbed across the floor. Shadows bounced and stretched. Dolly, she thought remembering the twisted, senseless forms. Broken furniture, bits of trash, debris left behind because there was no one left to care about the abandoned space. Keep it together. Ash? Ash, it's getting really late. The light rose as Nika climbed the stairs. It isn't going to work. Ash, we need help. I need help. Again. I'm sorry. I might be shit at this hero business. The door rattled. She saw Nika set the flashlight down. After a few minutes of rustling, she started smashing at the door handle with a metal bar. Okay. There was her left. Just her. A second sound bounced down the hall. Metal again, sliding against metal. Her chest rose and fell, quicker and quicker until the shadows broke up into silvery static as she got too light-headed. 
Calm yourself down, or no one is getting out of here. The doppelganger stood above her. Its eyes were fixed on the hallway they'd just left. Of course it was right. Fucker. Nika? Barely a whisper. Nika! She sagged back against the table. The banging stopped. The scraping sound carried on. She heard Nika's choked sound of fear, and the light bobbed frantically back down the stairs. Nika was half gasping, half sobbing. How badly was she hurt? But they were both running on fumes and panic. Marianne watched the doorway fill with thick, fuzzy black. Bitches! Van Hoff lunged into the room. Nika screamed and stumbled back. The flashlight bounced away into the dark. Open a fucking gate. Get us out of here. Marianne reached weakly for the gate ability. There, definitely there. It must have been the room that fucked her up. Van Hoff turned its attention from one to the other. Then she felt its regard turn away. Nika screamed again. Energy bomb. A gate spun open, burrowing a hole in the dark behind Nika. Past Van Hoff's indistinct silhouette, and through the sparkling gate, she saw her own living room. What are you doing? the doppelganger snapped. Nika, go! Panic, maybe. The flat-eyed animal instinct that kept people alive. Nika turned and jumped through the gate. Marianne slumped back, eyes closed. Come on, she said, tasting blood again. You know me better than that. She closed the gate, and that was all the juice she had. Van Hoff roared, whirling toward her. Wasn't time supposed to slow down? But it didn't. Van Hoff lashed out. A thick tendril slammed into the table, sending it flying. She slapped against the floor, rolling and skidding across the filth. Stitches ripped free, her nose filled with dust and the iron smell of blood. Her eyes blurred, watching the fuzzy mold crawl toward her. A low growl filled the room. The mold shuddered. Van Hoff's attention turned away. The room grew bright with a sharp, blue-white light, like the heart of a welding fire. In it, even Van Hoff was visible, a hunched, malformed heart suspended in a tissuey sack, cringing back in surprise. Ash growled again. Marianne smiled. Van Hoff howled as he was slammed against the wall. Fuzzy shit exploded away, revealing more of his rotted form. Ash's light flickered, and it was just her. Wonderful her. Gorgeous her. She held the rotting body off the ground. Van Hoff flailed against her strength, leaving smears on the wall. Ash grabbed one of his arms near the shoulder and ripped, flinging it across the room. Van Hoff screamed again, reaching for her with his other hand. Ash didn't stop, tearing Van Hoff apart by limb and handful. Marianne closed her eyes briefly, feeling warm blood pooling under her. When she opened them again, a string of guts had appeared. They quivered, then moved with more purpose, untangling themselves. With a final scream of rage, Ash tore Van Hoff's head from his body and flung them in opposite directions. How well she uses her stolen power, the doppelganger said. Bitterly, maybe. Maybe not. Ash turned and kicked the pile of guts away. 
My Marianne. She lifted her gently, flinching when Marianne couldn't hold back a cry of pain. I'm sorry, my girl. Her eyes dropped to Marianne's body, then rose up again too quickly, and the hand that had been reaching for her torn stomach held her instead. Marianne knew. She knew because if first aid could help, Ash would be doing it. If a hospital could help, she would be moving, calling, doing something other than cradling her. She knew because she felt a flood of something good, a curl of euphoria that slipped between her and the pain. Not here. Please? Not here. Ash lifted her up. Marianne felt light as a feather. Then she ran. Marianne heard the door tear open and damp air cooled her cheeks. She rested her face against silk. Ash would wear silk for a rescue. She was a proper heroine, honest and true. No shining armor, not these days, just silk. Then the whirling rush stopped. Stars settled into their patterns above whispering trees. She felt a misty sort of rain on her face and green grass around her as Ash lowered her to the ground again. She was cold, but it was no worse than a nice, crisp autumn day. The good days, when the sun was out, but it was kind. Marianne, can you hear me? Marianne smiled. Her hand slid up Ash's arm, touching her cheek, leaving a dark smudge on her perfect white skin. Sorry. Ash took her hand and kissed her palm, like butterfly wings. Marianne giggled and then coughed, choking until Ash helped clear her mouth. Get your strength together. I can still get you to a hospital. Ash was lying. She heard a terrible, ragged edge in her voice. Lying for herself. Lying for Marianne. It's okay. Here is nice. She closed her eyes. It felt like a lot going on beneath a sweet layer of calm, but it made thinking a bit hard. And Christ, this was important. Ash, don't die, okay? My girl, I can't. Promise. You gotta. She didn't hear Ash's answer over a rushing sound. Worlds stretched out around her, like strings of pearls, like her hallway, like doors reflected in mirrors, or not like any of those things, but her mind was trying to make sense of something it couldn't grasp. She felt like she was falling through them, along them, moving in some way that she didn't have a word for, but it made sense outside of that. It ought to be dizzying, but she felt calm, her vague understanding knew that she could stop her movement and open any of the doors. This wasn't plummeting through space. It was coming back to a familiar place. Yes, but you have to say yes. Let me help you. Ash's voice, whispering from so many doors. They were meant to be, she thought. In all of these worlds, they were meant to be. Her whole body wanted to smile. Of course she would say yes to Ash. Love was wonderful and awful that way. It was the most perfectly human thing, love. Wonderful and awful. 
Yes, she said, her voice whispering back into all of those worlds. Something rich and deep flooded through her, slowing her infinite movement. Her eyes traveled along the strings of pearls. Forever. But the for now drew her back, and it was ash, and it was gorgeous. Gorgeous.